Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire. Da-puma. And the senior contributor of the Pro Football Radio Podcast, Eric Burgess, a.k.a. The Burge. Fellas, welcome in Podcast 107. Yeah, 100, 107 episodes, and I, I gotta say, uh, throughout the season, I think this is probably like the the low point of the week, or the low point of the season, rather, just because of COVID ravaging, you know, some of the uh, the rosters, and we were talking about the soft line, like, not to sound like uppity or whatnot, but like, the fact of the matter is, like, some of the games, especially like you point out, Jay, in primetime has been subpar, but I, you know... We're just gonna have to live and adapt with it, and, and just roll with the punches. But I, I'm excited for another week of NFL football and a decent state to actually talk about. And a lot of these decent games are in like the one o'clock window. I didn't realize that until we were like looking. Th- I was looking through some of the notes and, and whatnot. A lot of these games are like one o'clock. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, these games we're in the playoff push now and you know when we touched on the covid the covid aspect of it it's ravaging through the league it's going to eventually play a part in these in these playoff matchups and uh you know i was one that wanted some of these one o'clock games flexed out uh with some of these four o'clock game window on on sunday as well as the sunday night game but you know they didn't happen so now the early window is going to get most bulk of the good football yeah yeah and speaking of good football that obviously that uh, buffalo bills New England game is happening at 1 o'clock as well. You're actually going to that game, right, Burge? Yeah, man. First time going to a sporting event since uh, the lovely pandemic started. I'm jacked up. Got the uh, the tailgate plans in place. Going to be a full day affair. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. Nice. So what's uh, what's on Burge's like, tailgate day? Like, what, what do you do? What's the routine? When do you get there? When does the drinking start? Give me the full rundown. Walk me through your I'm going to guess he wakes up and yells in the mirror, Fuck Buffalo! <laughs> And then he goes, no, to the, no, goes in the car. No, it, it's fuck Josh Allen. That's that's gonna ah, be okay. the, uh, <laughs> and fuck Bills Mafia. That's what's gonna be. No. Um, classy, I'm going, classy. I'm <laughs> I'm going with uh, some season ticket holders that go every week. One of my one of my coworkers has season tickets, so I'm linking up with them on the way down on the route down. So follow them in, so we can all park next to each other. And uh, boy, these guys do it right. I mean, I was in the conversation with them for their menu for 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 Sunday. It's gonna be uh, eating good. Uh, get there right when the lot's open, you know, start drinking as soon as the lot's open. And, uh, you know, after the game's over, instead of sitting in traffic, we're going to eat some more, eat, cook some more food on the grill. So really okay. looking forward to it. It's going to be a good, looks like the weather's going to be good for, uh, you know, a good winter football game. Going to be a tad windy, but other than that, oh, God. it's going to be a great oh, day. Oh, God, don't say that. <laughs> it's not going to be anywhere near what it was in Buffalo. It's going oh, okay, okay. to be like oh, your typical like... windy day, gusty winds, all that. All right. Well, so with the lot, amount of traffic leaving, uh, with the amount of traffic leaving Foxborough, you'll be able to have three courses uh, after the game. So yeah, get <laughs> yeah. comfy, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, all day affair. At least I'm not going to be getting home at four o'clock in the morning. So it's not True. a night game. I will be getting home at four a.m., which is what it would be. <laughs> what uh, what time does the lots open in the morning? I want to say they open at nine. Okay, so basically, I think it's nine or nine thirty. Yeah, it's usually like three or four hours before the game. So you know, I got say... the cornhole boards in the truck ready to go. All that jazz. Let's say nine o'clock. You get there. I assume by ten thirty, blackout drunk or no? No, I, I'm gonna be dri- I'm gonna be responsible. I have to drive. Oh so god! I'm not going to be a uh, drunk. Burge will not be making an appearance at this game. Sad. That's unfortunate. That is so mm-hmm. unfortunate. Because I, I was, expect I was videos, hoping, Burge. I was hoping you would give Josh Allen the business from your seats. All right. 
<laughs> oh, I'm going down. I'm going down to the front row when he's out in the field. I'm going to be chirping mm-hmm. the hell out of him. You tell him. You know, you tell oh, him. Oh yeah, you tell him. <laughs> I'm a class athlete, not you. I deserve the multi-million dollar contract. Not him. Here we go. <laughs> All funny. right, Dad. <laughs> hey, that's appropriate name for me. Appropriate. This name. is true. This is true. All right, cool, cool. All right, well, let's start with the games. Let's start on Saturday night. We've got the 8-6 and six Indianapolis Colts traveling out to Arizona to take on the 10-4 and four Cardinals. Um, the Colts are coming off of a, a beatdown of the Patriots on Saturday night, an impressive win for those guys. And then the Cardinals are coming off a little bit of an upset. They lost to the Lions. Uh, yes, I said that. They lost to the Lions uh, in a beatdown as well. I think the final score was, what, like 28-something? I forget what the final score was, but... Uh, it was close. out of hand the first half. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah, exactly. It was not even close. Uh, Thirty to twelve is the final score. But yeah, let me turn it over to you, Puma. Who do you got wins this game? I'm gonna go with the Colts. I think they're gonna win on the road. Um, I mean, Jonathan Jonathan Taylor is just a, an absolute beast. We we can't laud him enough on the show. At week in and week out, we're always talking about him. Even if it's a bye week, we're talking about this kid. Uh, special type of running back. Uh, this defense for Indianapolis is fast and. You know, if you were watching the game against New England last Saturday, those they weren't amplifying the sound of the pads hitting. Like that was the actual live sound of you know pads hitting each other, Colts and, and Patriots. They were popping pads. This is a fast, hard hitting defense. Um, it, you know, rushing defense wise, Arizona. Uh, I, I think they're about you know seventeenth in the league. They're fifteenth, av- I should say. I believe they're averaging about. Uh, 234 yards a game. If if uh, if I got the notes down correctly, so it's it, you know it's it's gonna be interesting here. Uh, I'm sorry, Arizona is averaging 112 yards per game on the ground. So they're 17th against the rush. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is always one you know one run away from making a house call. The only thing, and I say it all the time, is is Carson Wentz going to short circuit? And we can I, I can say this you know as a guy that had money on the game against you know for the Colts last week. You know, they really should have lost that game, given how many lame ducks Carson Wentz threw up there. I think he he might, I think he ended the night with one interception or two, but he really should have had about three or four because, like, you know, the the cornerbacks for New England just kept dropping them. But you know, Arizona they don't have um, they don't have DeAndre Hopkins. He's on injured reserve, so it's going to be the Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, AJ Green show at wide receiver. And I, I don't know, man, like Carson. Like, uh, it, Kyler Murray seems to have come back down to earth a little bit. I don't know if it's still, like, the ankle that's bothering him or or just game script. Maybe they were drinking their own Kool-Aid. But they're a bad team at home compared to their record on the road. And I just like I, – I like Indianapolis in this spot. They're a one-point dog. I think they're going to cover. I think they're going to win outright in Arizona. Yeah, Puma, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you on this. I have the Colts winning this game too. It's, it seems like this is the same old story for the Cardinals that we talked about last year. Puma, you and I were high on this team, uh, you know, from the time I jumped on the pod last year, and we were, you know, really liking what they were doing down there, and they they did the same thing. They they kind of faltered down the stretch, uh, and, and kind of faded away. I don't even believe, believe they made the playoffs last year, nope. so they're obviously gonna, I think, gonna make the playoffs this year. Just granted how they started the season, but um, you know, they're they're doing exactly what they did last year. I mean, the unimpressive, you know. I mean, getting blown out by the Cardinals is, I'm sorry, by the Lions is absolutely inexcusable, mm-hmm. especially in December coming down the stretch here. Um, you know, they had a, you know, they lost to the Rams the week before, so they're on a two-game skid right now. Indianapolis seems to, you know, they're fighting for their playoff lives still. They're, they're, they're still in the cards to, you know, win the division down there. I think they're only a game back. Obviously, 
they need to be uh, they can't tie the Titans because of the the tiebreakers. But they, you know they're fighting to win the division down there. Um, Jonathan Taylor is my pick for MVP this year. He's been an absolute stud. I mean, watching that game Saturday night, obviously I was very unhappy. Uh, you know, watching the game as a Patriots fan. And, you know, the Patriots were in it down the, you know, with the, what, like three, with nine minutes left or whatever. And Jonathan Taylor ended up finishing them off with a big run uh, to take it to the house. So I, he absolutely, for me, is the MVP. And uh, I'm always the contrarian when I pick against a quarterback for the award. Um, but, yeah, give me the Colts. I, they seem to be rolling right now. Uh, they're, they seem to be peaking at the right time. Uh, they're, they're getting the point, like Puma said, give me the Colts to win outright. Uh Parker's first pick of the week. He agrees Colts are going to win. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll take the Colts to win as well. Um, I'm just I'm just concerned about the Cardinals, man. Like, you know, we've seen this same story two years in a row now, and, and I don't know what we can pinpoint it to. It seems that they'll be going fine. They'll be dominating teams. Kyler Murray will get injured, and then the offense seems to fall off of a cliff, right? And I don't know what that is. And maybe I'll ask that question to you guys and open that up to you guys. And we'll discuss that as to why you believe Kyler Murray's performance has taken a hit late in the season. Is it simply, you know, sure he's injured and I'm sure he's not 100% coming back. Maybe it's one of those things where he can't play through some pain. Maybe it's a mental thing for him. Whatever it is, I, I just, for me, it screams that Indianapolis is going to go in there. They're going to run the ball well. And, and that team, the Colts, that's a scary team right now. I mean, they're playing, def- they're playing good defense. They're running the ball mm-hmm. well. And I would not want to mess with them. We saw that on Saturday night. Um, the one thing that I love the most about the Colts is Jerry Leonard. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I've grown an affinity for him just because of watching HBO Hard Knocks. Um, but what you see out of him on the field, the way, you know, he baited Mac Jones into the interceptions where he played, went back out, got the interception. He's so damn quick. I mean, he's, he's kind of almost really lean like a safety would be, but he has still some bulk where he can go in to the hole and stop somebody. So, I got the Colts winning, but I, I do want to touch on that Kyler Murray, Arizona Cardinals angle real quick. If you guys, and obviously, you know, don't give me like an elaborate answer. We have to talk about it for 30 minutes. Just, just if you had to guess, where do you think it could possibly be that it's just two years in a row now and the offense has fallen off of a cliff? I mean, for me, I, I think it very well is, is a mental thing. I think maybe he drinks his, uh, drinks his Kool-Aid a little too early in the season and you know, they get down the stretch, he gets dinged up a little bit because of the style of quarterback that he is with, you know, running the ball uh, a lot, too. He missed missed some time this year with with an injury. I think he missed three games. Um, you know, can you put it on the coaching staff and what they've done? It's the same, same regime, uh, maybe a little bit there. But in terms of Kyler, I think maybe he just... As the season goes on, the you know the the way the NFL season uh, you know weighs weighs on you plays a big part in his uh, in his mental aspect. I'm gonna go. I'll go with uh, with Burge on that one. I think it's going on. What the issue is, what's in between the the ears? And yeah, the injury is real, especially given his game. He likes to move the pocket, go off script. But I mean, we we look at that Rams game two weeks ago. He forced some back-breaking interceptions in the red zone where he was trying to get it to DeAndre Hopkins or, like, the first read guy when read number two or three, at least with the first interception, reads two and three were wide open in the back of the end zone. But he tried to force the ball down the middle of the field, and and it blew up in his face. And, you know, I think it's that aspect of just locking on to his boy, DeAndre Hopkins, not really looking through the progressions kind of deal. And, And some of it's on the coaching staff, too. I mean, I'm going to go back to the Rams game that, you know, they get the onside kick, they recover it. 
And it, it's like nobody had a plan on what they were going to call for a play. And it's just, you know, it's new, like little things like that are going to cause, you know, what's going to be the, the root issue of whether or not you're going to win a game or not. And in this division, especially with the, the 49ers being resurgent at this point, like they might be able to make a run for a playoffs. Like there really isn't any margin for error. And I think it's what's going on between his head and, and, and you know, dancing cliff to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I thought the coaching staff is something you guys would bring up, but, like, h- how can we say that when, you know, they went 2-1 without Kyler Murray? Like, they, they right. were, mm-hmm. to a degree, humming exactly. without Kyler Murray. And the second he steps back into the, the picture, they're back into it. And and I know Colin Cowherd gets a, a bad rap, right, around the nation, but he did point out something to me that I, I didn't know I was feeling. Like, uh, for a while there, I just didn't know why I didn't like Kyler Murray. And a lot of it comes down to the fact that Colin was talking about his body language. And, and he pointed a play out where, you know, Colin made a bad throw. He, point, he threw the ball inside instead of throwing it outside. And the ball was intercepted. And then just the body language, very Jake Cutler-esque. Just started trying to, like, point to the, the wide receiver as it was his fault. Kind of distancing himself from the situation. You know, those kind of little things um, kind of stand out to me. Um, I started Googling some stuff. And obviously, there's a million stories out there. But one of the reasons why they brought A.J. Green in was... They thought that they needed a strong leadership, you know, voice in the locker room. Sure, his production could be something they could use, but it was more about the leadership aspect. And to me, that screams, well, listen, you got D-Hop in there, right? And then you right. also got Kyler Murray. Those guys should be providing that leadership for that offense. Why do you need an extra another person in there primarily for the leadership skills? So I I think, you know, this is no indictment on Kyler Murray. This is only his first couple of years in the league, and there's still a lot more left to be played. But there's certain stuff there that I just don't like when I see his body language on on the field. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that's probably that's, that that speaks aspects to the uh, the mental aspect of it, and maybe you know he doesn't have that it factor, so to speak, to actually put that team over the top. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to uh, a game at one a game at one o'clock on uh, Sunday the twenty sixth. Uh, we've got the Los Angeles Rams at ten and four traveling to Minnesota to take on the seven and seven. Minnesota Vikings. Pumo, he got to win this game. I'm, I'm going to go with the Rams. It seems like the offense is starting to click a little bit more. I mean, for for a certain point of the season, uh, you know, everyone was kind of was ragging on the Rams. Like, oh, you beat all these sub-500 teams. Well, you start facing teams with a winning record. You start turning it up. They started stringing some wins together. Uh, I mean, impressive win two weeks ago against the Cardinals when they were ravaged by COVID. Uh, they won against the Seahawks. Whether or not there was assistance from Sean Hockley in that referee, <laughs> he had money crew, on the game. I'm convinced. That's, I, I am. Not, I have no bones about it. I had I had money riding on Seattle plus seven, and it was looking really good, except for that passing interference call. But also, Pete Carroll needs to understand that the offense isn't you know NFL a la 1995. But that's a podcast for another day. But getting back to the Rams. You know, Vaughn Miller started getting to form. I believe he had his first sack as a L.A. Ram last night against Seattle and Russell Wilson. You know, yeah, Kirk Cousins, he's quietly having a, you know, career-esque year. He's got, you know, 29 touchdowns, six interceptions at this point, if, if I did my math right. Uh, but, you know, you got this Rams defense. They're very stout against the run. Mike Zimmer likes to pound the rock with, uh, with Dalvin Cook. He's still nursing that shoulder injury a bit. Jalen Ramsey and and the secondary should be up to task against um, <clears throat> Justin Jefferson and, uh, and and Cousins. I there's just I, I like the Rams in the spot regardless of them traveling cross country. The Rams are laying two and a half, two and a half points 
over under is 49.5. I think it might go a tick over, but I'm going to take the Rams laying the 2.5 points right now. I'm going to go the other way. I got the Vikings uh, Vikings winning this game against the Rams, uh, you know, getting the 2.5 points. There's just something about the Vikings. I mean, <clears throat> I think it's pretty easy to say that this game is going to come down to the fourth quarter. Uh, granted, how many of the Vikings games have played out this year. And, you know, the, in terms of the Rams, they, they I know they, they put together a little streak here, but there's just something about them that has, has kind of made me move off them as, like, my Super Bowl pick from preseason in the uh, to go to the Super Bowl. There's just something about them and their inconsistent play that just is, is giving me a bad gut feeling on this game. I really like Justin Jefferson to have his way in this game. I know Jalen Ramsey's going to be out there, but Justin Jefferson has been an an absolute stud for for the Vikings since they drafted him. Uh, Dalvin Cook, uh, yeah, he is banged up, but you know he's still he's still a beast. He's still out there, you know, you know, doing everything he can to score touchdowns for this Vikings team. I just, I this is just me going on a gut here, just because uh, it's going to come down to the fourth quarter, and the Rams and the Rams have let me down so much this year. So I'm going to take the Vikings here. And uh, part of the reason why, too, you want to give my reasoning here, is because my boy Parker picked the Vikings, and we all know how he did last mm-hmm. week, mm-hmm. especially pick, picking the Colts over my Patriots, where I was upset, and he was right, and I was wrong. I had to bite my lip when I had to talk to him about it today. But, yeah, give me the Vikings. Parker agrees. And uh, I like the Vikings maybe to fight for that, you know, a wild card spot here. They can I'm just surprised you uh, you didn't put Parker in front of a fire station in a cardboard box. <laughs> hey, I don't. Uh, he he's got the knowledge that I don't have. He's better than I am. So, what do you call him, Sharp Parker, for no reason, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So your spot on right looks like uh, right now. Uh, if the playoffs started, the Vikings would be the number seven seed going into the playoffs. Um, I don't think they're gonna stay there. I think the Rams are gonna win this game just because. I'm seeing something from the Rams, and mostly it's because of Von Miller, you know. Um, if you watched the game last night, he's starting to flash a little bit. He's starting to play off of, you know, Aaron Donald in the double teams, and he's starting to get some of those easy sacks. And I think this team, in a couple weeks from now, we're going to be talking about, holy shit, this defense has come alive. So I think it's going to be hard for the Vikings to run on that Rams front seven. They're going to put the game in Carson, uh, I'm sorry, in um, Kirk Cousins' hands. And, and I think that's a recipe for disaster. Sure, the numbers look good. You know, we all we all look at these numbers. You know, he's, what, 3,600 yards this year, 29 touchdowns, only six interceptions, which is amazing. But then he'll also have a throw where he'll just drop back and chuck it in the air, and there's nobody but one Bears in a secondary person uh, in, the, in the middle of the field, and he catches it for an interception. So, you know, there's a lot of good with Kirk Cousins, but also a lot of bad as well. And because of that, give me the Rams. I think Matt Stafford's clicking. He's having, a, he's having a hell of a career, a hell of a career year right now. Thirty-five touchdowns, only second to Tom Brady in the league. Uh, Cooper Cup is balling out. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. was quiet last night against the Seahawks, but so far over four weeks and four games, he scored three touchdowns with the Rams. So I think as the year goes on, the defense is going to get better and better. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to pick up more of the playbook, and and I think the Rams are going to be a team that's going to be scary uh, to mess with down the stretch in the playoffs. And uh, Jay, don't look now, but your boy Sony Michelle is starting to take mm-hmm. the lion's share of work in the backfield. Dude, yeah, mm-hmm. he is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I saw, I saw that last night, and then I saw that Reminder Stevenson wasn't at practice today, and I'm like, I could have used Sony this week, maybe. Yeah, use Sony this week. <laughs> <laughs> what do you end up with? Like 125 yards, right? 
I think so. Yeah, yeah like yeah. 15 carries or something like that. He had a couple of receptions too. Well, well, Sony, Sony's an interesting runner because like um, I can know when he's on his game and when he's in good shape is when he, he made a play last night where he got through the hole. He was able to put his hand on the ground, keep his balance while keeping his speed, and he burst through the hole for another 15 yards. And I was like, yeah, that's that's Sony Michelle from 2018 when we were basically just riding him to the, to the playoffs. So... Um, I think he's he's I think the whole Rams team has come together, man. Like if you guys watch Von Miller, he's starting to get explosive as well again. It's just yeah. the Rams being it's just the Rams being the Rams is the is the issue, right? <laughs> right, exactly. If you guys had to pick the one week uh, link for the Rams, I know we all got our you know um, issues with the Rams. If you had to pick one week link, besides obviously the fact that they they put a an all star team together, I don't think that's a real excuse. But would it be like maybe the the offense that might be an issue, the defense? Is it coaching Sean Mc, uh, McVay? By the way, do you guys see how Sean McVay now just decides to run to the end zone and celebrate with the players like he is a player? Mm-hmm. Like, like what are we doing there? Like this is an amateur hour, like a, a high school game. But regardless, if you guys had to pick like one fa- facet of the Rams that might be an issue, what would you think it would be? I would go the offense. I mean, mm-hmm. for when Robert Woods went down, like this offense came crashing back down to earth for a stretch. And yeah, okay, Odell just got released by the Browns. Didn't really have a whole lot of time with the team and practicing and whatnot. But you know, yeah, Cooper Cup is is a is a savage this season and having a career year. But I mean, Robert Woods was really the, in my opinion, the unsung hero on that wide receiver room. Like he made Mm -hmm. a lot of things happen for that team as a whole. And they used him a lot more in the gadget stuff up the backfield on the jet sweeps and whatnot. So, you know, if you scheme Cooper cup out of there, like what wide, you know, okay. Yeah. Odell in name alone, in my opinion, is not going to scare me enough. What what other wide receiver or pass catcher is going to scare you outside a cup? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm I thought. Quite, that's what I'm, I thought. <laughs> I mean, I'm there with you. I, I think it's the offense for, you know, Robert Woods obviously is a, was a major part of that, that team. He was a catch machine, obviously, with Cooper Cup out there. You, who you pick your poison at that point. Um, so, yeah, once he went down, obviously, you know, they did come crashing down to earth. I, there's something about Stafford that, you know, I mean, yep. over the course of this year that you've seen him make these timely bad interceptions that have really hurt the team. And it... For me, it's just the feeling that, that, that that's going to just resurface again in, like, a key moment. Um, you know, for a guy that – forget, forgive me if I'm wrong here, but he's never been to the playoffs, right? No. Nope. I think once maybe. Maybe once, and mm-hmm. he's never been there. So, he get he, obviously, he's a veteran quarterback. He's been in the league for, you know, what, 10 or 12 years, something like that, but never really been there. And is he going to puke on himself and make those, those, those types of plays again? That we saw, say, against the Titans, you know, you know, a month ago or whatever it is, a month and a half ago, where he was throwing the, you know, just sailing it up, uh, you know, as he's getting sacked. Is he going to make that kind of mistake in a pressure-filled playoff environment again? So, yeah, for me, it's the offense, too. Yeah. And I think you're starting to see uh, the philosophy from Sean McVay. You know, the year they went to the Super Bowl, was it 2018 right, or 2017 against the Ram, against the Patriots? You know, that year with Jared Goff, they ran the hell out of the ball. And you're starting to see now the last couple of weeks they're getting back to that power run attack mm-hmm. and obviously not putting the full load of uh, of the offense on Matthew Stafford. I don't know if that's a decision they made, you know, halfway through the year thinking, listen, we've got to take some of the offense's plate because he has made those uh, those uh, errant throws. But, you know, the positive is now you've got a multifaceted offensive attack, right? I think, I think that's where my, you know, 
optimism comes in for this team just because I'm seeing they're clicking all centers on offense and their defense starting to put it together. So, so time will tell. We'll, we'll see how, how that game uh, that game pans out. But let's move on to the next game. We've got the 8-6 Baltimore Ravens traveling to Cincinnati to take on the 8-6 uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, at the moment, Lamar Jackson did not uh, participate today in practice, and we don't know what his status is for the game on Sunday. So with that being said, Puma, who do you got winning this game? I'll go Baltimore. I just hope it doesn't come down to like going for two with two seconds left in the game. Uh, but no, I'm going to go Baltimore. I mean, that, that Hundley kid uh, showed me a lot in, in relief last week uh, against the Green Bay Packers. You know, two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns. And, and let's be honest, he looked like you know, he looked Lamar-esque. So uh, I don't think the offense takes that big of a drop off here. The thing that worries me a little bit is just the secondary for the Baltimore Ravens, we talked about it last week. That you know they're stretched thin as it is, and then you know they lost lost Marlon Humphreys a couple of weeks ago with the knee injury. Uh, Jamar Chase was very quiet last week against the Denver Broncos. Uh, fantasy purposes, you know, Burge, I'm sure there's some poor sap in in the playoffs in your dynasty league that got burned big time by Jamar Chase laying an egg. But mm-hmm. I think against the secondary, Jamar Chase could find the end zone one to two times. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, but I, I do like Baltimore. I, I, I like this Hundley kid. Hell, even Devonta Freeman seems to have turned back the clock uh, about five years to his early running days with the Atlanta Falcons. I, I'll go with Baltimore getting two and a half points at this point uh, right now. Uh, I'm going to go, again, the opposite uh, of you on this, Puma. I have the Bengals winning this game. I, I, I think that, you know, like you said with – the Ravens secondary issues. I think that you know Joe Burrow is gonna you know be able to find Jamar Chase uh, and get T Higgins involved as well. Uh, you know to put up points. This Ravens team has been in a bit of a free fall. A lot of it self inflicted over the past two uh, past few weeks. You know with uh, John Harbaugh's decision to go for two. I mean, you know you gotta like his guts. You know at the end of the game to go for that. But at the same time, it's like you know trust your trust your guys to go out and. In overtime to you know secure the score, live to fight another day. Uh, we didn't see that against the against the Packers or against the Steelers three weeks ago or two weeks ago, whatever it is. Um, you know, the Bengals. Both these teams are, are really fighting for their lives. I mean, both these teams have to you know they're they're playing have tough schedules down the stretch here. The Bengals got to play the Ravens, uh, the Chiefs, and then the Browns. The Ravens have to play obviously the Bengals. The Rams and then the Steelers. So there's going to be a lot, there's a lot to be decided for both of these teams, who are really both fighting for their playoff lives. Um, you know, in that in that really tight AFC North race. Uh, you know, you know what they always say: Bengals going to bangle. I I just mm-hmm. I, I have a gut feeling here. I think the Bengals are going to be able to do this. I believe Joe Mixon is going to play again. I, he's been dinged up this year, um, but you know he'll have it. You know, if he's playing, he'll be out there running and I. I the Bengals offense is it's just too much for me. I'm gonna go with the Bengals, but uh, Puma, you're uh, you're gonna be happy because uh, Parker chose the Ravens in this game. So I'm hoping this is his one loss of the week. Smart kid. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, yeah, man, I got uh, I got the Bengals winning this game, man. I um, I made a proclamation that maybe the, the Baltimore Ravens aren't gonna win another game for the rest of the year, and I, I think with what we're seeing now, they probably might not. I mean, it looks like Lamar Jackson. It's still not uh, participating in practice. It might be Hundley out there again. And I kind of like what I've seen out of the Bengals. Uh, they're starting to win in uh, in different ways. They're starting to be able to grind it out. And, they, you know, they've been 1-15-10 against the Denver Broncos the other day. Um, 
So I kind of like where they're headed. Uh, they can also blow out teams like they did against the Steelers a few weeks back, but they can also grind it out. So their running attack is great. Joe Mixon has to have a hell of a year. So I think I'm going to go with the Bengals. Um, they're probably going to win this game. And this this game probably decides, well, not probably not decides the AFC North, but it's going to be really close because at the at the moment, it looks like the Browns are faltering as well. And I don't think the Steelers really have the, the horsepower to kind of make it a, a fair fight down the stretch. So... Bengals win this game, good chance they're going to win that division and probably get a home playoff game, which I don't remember the last time that's happened. I, I, I will say this, though. I, I was very impressed with Hunt, with, with uh, Tyler Huntley's performance against the Packers. I mean, I didn't expect that game to be as close as it was, and um, you know the question's going to be if he can actually replicate that, and I don't think he can. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, and uh, I, I bet you he probably made a lot of money off that game. I, I bet you people around the league watch and like, you know what? That backup could probably come in and start a few games for us. So I wonder if he's mm-hmm. going to get some money thrown at him in the future. Mm-hmm. I just I just wish John Harbaugh wasn't such a... Like, even the play that he called to go... I mean, I get it. We're all fine with the fact that he went for that uh, two-point conversion to win the game because you got Aaron Rodgers on the other side who's been covering up your defense all game long. But that play was just ridiculous, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on to the game that we all want to talk about. The game that Berg <laughs> is going to be at. Screaming at the top of his lungs. The 8-6 and six Buffalo Bills are going to come into Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots at 9-5. and five. Game has a lot on the line. Potentially the AFC's title. Uh, potentially a home playoff game on the line as well. Um, so with that being said, Puma, let me turn it over to you first. Because you are the resident Bills honker on the uh, on the podcast. So let's get your thoughts first. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Buffalo in this spot. Shocking. I mean, yeah, I know. Shocking. You know, Josh Allen, he got dinged up coming out of that uh, that Buccaneers game with a foot injury. But, you know, he's, he still battled through, played against, he played decently uh, against the Carolina Panthers, had one interception, but found Gabriel Davis, who's really been coming into his own over the last couple of weeks. You know, set five receptions of seven targets, 85 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, you got to anticipate his workload is going to continue to increase now that Cole Beasley's on the COVID list, he's not vaccinated, so he's missing ten, uh, you know, ten days. So he's going to miss this game. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, I believe he's going to be back this game. He missed last week with the knee injury, but you know, it's going to be a heavy dose of Gabe Davis and, and Stephon Diggs. Obviously, the number one wide receiver, he's going to get his, and uh, Sanders, I think, is still going to have a little bit of a role. You know, hopefully Dawson Knox doesn't have stone hands like he did two weeks ago. Um, but it's really, it's really going to come down to, you know, the run defense. We, we all know what happened two weeks ago. They gave up 264 somewhat yards on the ground. Granted, they held the team to 14 points. Whether or not that's the weather, more than likely, yeah, okay. Uh, but, yeah, 14 points, 264 yards. Another thing to keep a note of is in that game, Starlu Talele, he was back for Buffalo against New England when they were up in uh, you know Orchard Park. But he was on a snap count. Uh, I'm hopeful he's going to be full go. He wasn't on an injury list. I didn't see him on any COVID list. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how they weave Starlu Talele in there uh, because you know he is a big part of that run stopping you know attempt at a run stopping defense for the Buffalo Bills. 
Uh, the other thing to keep an eye on, though, on the offensive line for Buffalo is John Feliciano. Uh, he's going to be out of this game. He was uh, He's on the COVID list. I believe he actually went to the ER a couple of days ago because of symptoms. Uh, so he's going to miss. So, you know, that offensive line is going to be under siege against Van Noy, Judon, you know, n- insert name here. Uh, so Josh Allen's going to have to be mobile. Like, we're really going to find out how that foot's feeling. Burge, you said at the top, weather shouldn't be that much of a factor. It's going to be windy, but not like hurricane force winds, mm-hmm. like gusting maybe 10 to 15 miles an hour. Oh, nothing that's outside a lot. the norm for December. But uh, long story short, uh, Buffalo is getting two and a half points on the road. I think they're going to cover the two and a half. I think they're going to win. And it's really going to come down to the wire of, you know, who's going to win the division. Granted, I'm all saying I'm saying this with Buffalo being the most inconsistent team in the NFL right now. But I have them winning on the road in Foxborough. Is this going to be a Puma's best bet? Spoiler alert, spoiler alert here. Uh, no, actually, uh, my best bet this week, uh, I'll get to it. It's not Buffalo, though. Okay, all right, all right. Well, no no secret here. I'm going with the Patriots to win this game. I'm going to be, uh, you know, putting my voice on the line for this game, you know, really doing my part to help this team win. Um, <laughs> getting, uh, you know, going back to the Colts game uh, for the Patriots, I mean, they shot themselves in the foot, you know, early in that game. The special teams blocked punt for a touchdown was, uh, in my opinion, the biggest play of the game. Um, in that game, the Patriots outgained the Colts on offense, and, uh, you know, we did see a lot from Mac Jones in the fourth quarter of that game to, you know, attempt to bring that team back. Obviously, they fell up short with Jonathan Taylor, uh, you know, gashing them for a 60-something yard touchdown, uh, you know, with a couple minutes left in that game. Um, I did see a lot from what they tried to do in the in the fourth quarter there. I saw guts. I saw resilience. Um, you know, from this team, uh, for me, it was more of an aberration than an unmasking of this Patriots team. Um, you know, they, they had eight penalties for 50 yards, obviously the block punt. Um, you know, I, I, they're not gonna, they're not gonna come out and do that again. I think that the defense is going to, you know, we know Buffalo is a bit one dimensional in terms of what they try to do. It's basically Josh Allen running the ball. And everybody else, uh, you know, everything else they do is passing. I mean, they don't really have much in terms of, uh, you know, running the ball with, with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss and Matt Breda. Uh, they're going to they're gonna scheme kind of similar to, you know, what they did, even though it was, you know, hurricane force wins, where they're going to make Josh Allen try to beat them uh, in terms of throwing the ball. Uh, I like J.C. Jackson playing against Stephon Diggs, even though there have been some plays that, you know, Diggs has got, uh, got the better of J.C. Jackson. Uh, in these ma- these past few matchups between the two teams, um, but you know th- those are going to happen, uh, you know from time to time as long as it's not the big play, uh, you know for you know a big play for a score. So, uh, the on the Patriots side, I'm concerned with Reminder Stevenson missing practice today. I really want to have him and Damian Harris for this game uh, to have that that dual threat rushing attack because you know the Patriots are going to come out and try to run the ball. Uh, supplement with the passing game. I think you're obviously going to see more passing from this New England team this week, uh, given the weather uh, being a little bit more favorable. Um, yeah, give me the Patriots. You know, coming off a bad loss, I don't expect them to you know come out again and give you know give a, a lackluster effort that they that they showed up with off the bye. Uh, you know, last week. You know, last time they 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 had this kind of effort, they came out and they put out a really good effort against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I expect to see the same thing again. Except I, uh, you know, where this team's at, I expect them to come out and win the game. I got them, uh, you know, 
covering the two and a half points, winning outright. Parker does agree with me. Thank God. <laughs> Patriots are going to win the game. <laughs> um, dude, I really don't know. I don't know where to go with this one. Because, you know, I was very confident about the Patriots and the, the streak they're on. And, you know, I thought they were going to lose any more games. And, and sure, I understand, you know, anybody can win on any given Sunday. It's just... I just I was just ho- I was expecting more of the Patriots against that Colts performance and, and I was a little let down and you know this is a game that's you know basically the season for the Buffalo Bills as well if they don't win this game they're probably not, they're probably not in the playoffs you know they're probably definitely not going to win the the division obviously but this is a big game for both teams involved because if the Patriots lose they get down to a wild card spot now they're duking it out for potentially maybe even being out of the playoffs as well so I, I think I'm going to leave with the Patriots here, but I'm nearly not as confident as I was a couple of weeks ago. And truthfully, for me, it really boils down to one thing, and that's Mac Jones, right? Um, you know, I was hoping by this point in the season, some of these bad performances would be behind him, and he would start to progress, right? You're at the end of your first year. You, you know, technically, you're still a rookie on paper, but you have enough starts under your belt now where we can start looking at you as not just a rookie anymore. So I think with him, the fact that he had that performance just looked all sort of all sort of like flustered uh, in the first half against the Colts. And even when he did come back in the fourth quarter, dude, like the Colts at that point were just not even bringing pressure anymore. They had a little bit of a cover, safe offense, uh, defense, just to kind of bleed the clock, give up a few yards here and there. Um, so I think uh, I think with that being said, give me the the Patriots to win this game. However, I don't feel very confident about it, truthfully. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. Like, you gotta, you gotta think that what Mac Jones showed you in the in the fourth quarter after playing as bad as he did it has to give you some sort of you know good feeling about him. And I know there's no more victories in the Patriots organization. We don't we don't talk about that. But you know, we were really due for this kind of performance from Mac Jones early. And uh, you know, I'll be the first to say that early in that game on the road in Indianapolis on that game, he looked rattled. And he looked like they were not there. And, I mean, they kind of attested to it. Him and Belichick, you know, talking about it, that they did not have a good week of practice. You know, they weren't there coming off the bye. It's almost like oh, they felt sorry this for team. Themselves. I mean, I think that's part of it, yeah. But I think that it's – it's it, 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 look, they this team may not have benefited from having a week off, given how they've been playing lately. And, you know, that that's the kind of thing right now. And, obviously – you know where they sit in the in the AFC standings right now. Maybe a buy for this team is not a good thing. And and again, obviously having to go on the road to Arrowhead if you're playing there in the AFC Championship game for this you know for a trip to the Super Bowl that's not ideal, and that's not a good spot to be in. But in terms of the way they were playing, the way they were rolling, they were all business. You throw a week off into that can definitely put a wrinkle in it, and it seems to have done that. So maybe this team doesn't necessarily benefit from something like that. You know, we'll see how they respond on Sunday, and I'm really hoping that they actually do respond in front of a home crowd involving me screaming at the top of my lungs. Um, you know, but I, I I don't see them repeating this performance, and I and I, and I like to think that, uh, you know, what we saw and how they fought in that fourth quarter of that game, um, you know, to, to fight back, uh, kind of gave me a little bit of a, you know, reminiscent of what uh, kind of maybe looking back to the Kansas City game of 14. Obviously, it's not the same thing. Yes, yeah, different people, different quarterback, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you know, they, they kind of they, – I, I just – I like to see that they're going to rebound from this. And, you know, they showed me enough in that fourth quarter where, you know, I said at halftime of this game, I was like, you know what, they may lose this game, but they need to show me that they're going to fight. 
and they showed me that they were going to fight back late in the game with the defense getting an interception and, uh, you know, the offense rolling down the field uh, the way that they did. So that, that that's kind of where I sit on it is I, I, I liked what I saw, and I think that it's going to tra- you know transition to the next game. Hold on, I, I'm sorry, I, I got to push back here. So you're saying you would rather have them not have a bye and actually play a game when in reality that game could turn into a loss and they go home for the year? That's not that's not what I would rather do. But I'm, what I'm saying from the team perspective, this team seemed they were on such a roll where they were just going week in, week out, week in, week out. Where you know they take a step away and and they come out they come out really slow and it ends up shooting himself in the foot. And again, I'm not saying that I want them to not have the buy and that I think that, that that's better for them to you know for their chances to win a title. I'm just saying from a week to week basis for this team to just consistently be playing the games. It seems to have benefited them over the past, over this year, and it was evident on Saturday night that they came out of the bye slow. And uh, it, it, I, I do not want them to not have the bye and have to go to Arrowhead to play. Uh, that, that's I, I mean, want to make that clear. Yeah, I mean, if you get the bye, then that means you're hosting a home playoff game. Like, I don't understand. Like, I'm not trying to be mean. I just don't understand that, that, that comment because if you have the bye, you don't play that week, and, that, and then you just have one game to have a home playoff game, a home AFC Championship game. I feel like that's the best scenario all the way around, is it not? Well, it, it again, it is, but I'm saying the way that this team has been playing all year and the way that they went and rolled off seven straight wins or six straight, whatever it was, they, they were they were going week to week to week to week. And if they Could get the two seed... the if, fact that they were drinking their own Kool-Aid? Yeah, because all fair. I heard was, like, Mac Jones is, like, you know, third... You know, third rookie to go like six and zero on the road and whatnot, and this defense is rolling, and it's the two thousand one Patriots all over again, and Mac is looking Brady esque in his rookie year compared to two thousand one. Like, could it just be a fact that they thought they were going to get Carson Wentz to short circuit and Eberflus and a very hostile crowd in Indianapolis? To the point where Zolak, I believe, was trying to float the idea that Indianapolis oh, was pumping crowd clown. noise again. He's such a clown. like they were drinking their own Kool Aid. They weren't. He wasn't the only one saying that. First of all, he wasn't the first only one saying that. That whole entire radio station was saying that. Um, look, I don't believe that they were drinking their own Kool Aid. I, I really don't like to think that. Maybe they were, and this was their wake up call. This was their wake up call game, being like, okay, maybe. You know, we're not as good as we said we are. We got to be able to focus it week in and week out. That that very well could have been it. But for me, again, playing week to week and not having that week away, especially given the COVID, everything going on where the teams, they can't gather together, you know, all this and that. I think that plays a major factor in, in you know, the week to week preparation. And, you know, having that kind of st- that stop, uh, you know, in the middle of this, this streak plays a big part in it. And and I don't want you to get it get what I'm saying twisted, Jay, where I'm saying that like obviously not getting the one seed is better for this team. I'm just saying this team could maybe benefit from having to play an extra game in terms of their focus level, in terms of, you know, what their what their preparation is, everything like that. The way the team is is constructed, that could that could benefit them uh, you know, going forward, especially given, you know, some of these wildcard teams that they that they could be playing in the state of the NFL where every team has, you know, a significant flaw. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, listen, I get that, and that's and that's totally fine. But you know, just just for me and the, the way I see it, you know, for me, the best case scenario for this Patriots team and the way I would want it to play out would be for them to potentially get the number one seed. That way, you get that one home divisional round game, 
and then you've got Kansas City coming to Gillette. I mean, that is the perfect scenario because if not, then you're asking Mac Jones to obviously win those two games, and then you got to go on the road to Arrowhead potentially and play in that weather, in you know, in that cold environment for the AFC Championship game. And God forbid the weather, you know, God forbid the wind is above 17 miles per hour, you know. Is Mac Jones going to be able to perform in that? And I don't think he will. I think at home is the best possible way for the Patriots to get to the uh, the Super Bowl. And, and that comes via a number one round. I'm sorry, a first round bye. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a valid argument. I won't argue against it. It's just, you know, I mean, I think that... Well, well let, me for- ask, let me ask you this way then. Like, what do you think was the, what the main factor for the lackluster performance in the first half coming off of a bye. Because, oh. you know, the I'm, we feel sorry for ourselves coming from Mac Jones has gotten a lot of play on Boston Radio and a lot of, you know, people have been saying that, you know, some of the, the veterans inside the locker room were not happy that they got, you know, 12 days on the bye instead of the 14 days because of how it lined up playing on a Monday and then a Saturday. Is there any sort of truth to that? Is that any, a little bit of a concern for you that the Patriots leadership in the locker room is thinking that way? What's your thoughts on that whole issue with the bye and then coming off with a lackluster performance? There's definitely a little bit, uh, a little bit of concern hearing that coming from from the veterans and the you know the veteran leadership in the locker room. I think that maybe there was a little bit of like what Puma said, drinking drinking their own Kool Aid. That's very much a possibility. You know. Uh, you know, you got to attribute it to a little bit of the coaching, the preparation for the week. If they really did have a bad week in practice, then, you know, that's, you know, that, that is what it is. And this team is, the, the way they're constructed, they have to almost be, uh, I don't want to say perfect, but they have to be in sync with each other, obviously, throughout the entire week to, you know, get these game plans, uh, you know, on on the same page with each other, you know, given, the again, you can I'm not going to go back to, you know, saying that they're all new pieces here, but, you know, Given how they've turned the roster over and 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 everything, this is all new to to, to a lot of these players. And you know, I know I get we're we're 15 weeks into the season at this point, but it definitely plays plays a factor uh, in that for me. And you know, you could you could attribute it to a bunch of things: the players not being ready, the coaching staff not preparing properly, uh, the, the players not executing the game plan that was put forth by the coaches during the game. The special teams blunder is absolutely inexcusable. I mean, you, you can just go, go down the list. Go down the list. Yeah. Yeah, and the last thing here before I turn over to Puma for a, uh, just a quick uh, Buffalo question. That, that whole special teams thing, like, this is your third blocked punt of the year, and that's by far the most in the NFL. Like, you're leading the category in that. Every other team has one, and you're at three now. Clearly, it's an issue. Clearly, they're not coaching it properly. You know, this is the third time it's happened. This time, it actually, truthfully, when that black punt happened for a touchdown, the game was over. Mm-hmm. With how badly you've seen it, do you have any hopes that's going to get better? Or do you think this is going to rear its ugly head? Because if this rears its ugly head in the playoffs, we're going home. Um, we're going home. Something put. I mean, at this point in the season, it's tough to think that it's going to get better. I mean, it, that was an absolutely blown block on that punt. I don't know how that happens. It just seems like piss poor execution by the player. Uh, I believe it was Jakob Johnson who missed the block. Um, you, you're, you're an inside inside like blocker on this on the special teams like that. That's just inexcusable, and I don't know how you fix that with coaching. Um, you know, I mean, it seemed like a simple a simple play where it was a simple block, and he just went to block the wrong guy. 
And I again, I don't know how you fix that with with coaching in terms of long term solution. That just seems like it was on the player in that in that sense. I it, it very well could rear its ugly head. I mean, the special teams unit has been as the punt unit especially has been bad all year. I mean, you know, Jake Bailey hasn't been the same punter he was a year ago when he was a Pro Bowler and an All Team uh, First Team All Pro. Uh, you know, it's. I don't know. I mean, very well could rear its head in the ugly playoffs. It'll suck if they have to go home because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Puma, and then your side of things with the Buffalo Bills, man. Like, I know you're plugged into a team. You watch it. You follow it. You know, what's the general sense from your end of things? You know, how how is this? Is this a pressure pack situation for Sean McDermott and Josh Allen? Do they, you know, obviously it's a must win for those guys. But what's the general vibe? I know they're very quiet, but what, what, what are you picking up? Yeah, I think it's more so, you know, fan pulse-wise, I, I think they're still riding high on what Josh Allen showed them coming up, you know, the last half, the, the second half of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Because, you know, we could say what we want, but Josh Allen threw that team on his back and, and almost dragged them across the finish line. Um, he was gutting it out against Carolina with the foot injury. I think it's really, you know, the heat's going to be on Brian Dayball and, and Sean McDermott. And, you know, I was on here two weeks ago recapping the the Bills-Pats game. And, you know, I said it myself, like, Sean McDermott seems to just get, psych himself up so much for games against Brady and Belichick that, he, to me, I think he starts to lose the plot a little bit. So I think they're going to want to see Sean really coach within himself, like, stay – not to say stay in his lane, but essentially stay in his lane, like manage his emotions enough. Uh, and, you know, I, Brian Dable has got to start turning the, turning the offense loose. Like, I don't, I don't know what the disconnect is, but it's like this offense is so inconsistent compared to what it was last year when really all the pieces are still the same. Like, you had Zach Moss all, all year last year. You had Devin Singletary last year. Like, the really the only new addition back there is Matt Breida and, and, and some, you know, supplemental pieces, you know, on the depth chart. But, like, Gabe Davis is there last year. Uh, Stephon Diggs, career year. Uh, Dawson Knox, starting a breakout year at the, at the, you know, tail end of last year. Like, the, the pieces are still the same. So, I don't know what the inconsistency is. I think a lot of attention is going to the coaching staff compared to the players. But, you know, they're going to have to execute. And, you know, the loss of Cole Beasley, COVID thoughts aside, that's a podcast for another day. But he was always been that safety outlet underneath where if there was nothing downfield, Josh could just check it down to Cole Beasley and just move the chains that way. Like, is that going to be Gabe Davis now? Is that going to be Emmanuel Sanders' role now? Like, you know, is Dawson Knox going to get a little bit more involved in the pass-catching game as if he wasn't already? But, like, is he going to absorb Cole Beasley's targets now on top of his normal workload? So... There, it's going to be more on the coaching staff compared to the players, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the COVID stuff is it could play a big pack factor in this game. You know, for the Patriots side too. You know, Cole Beasley's out. Kendrick Bourne is is on the COVID list, and Nelson Aguilar didn't practice today. So, you know, these these wide receiver availabilities could could very much impact this game. Oh, is, is Bill gonna coach? Like he was not. He was feeling under the weather today. Like he didn't. Like, yeah, I gotta think that if he was, right? if he was there, given a you know at practice today, sounding like that, he was tested. That's that's how I have to think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
All right, let's move on. Any other questions? Any other um, debates you guys want to have about this? Or are we good? I mean, I, I think feel I'll, like send good. You, I'll send you pictures from the stands on Sunday. Bro. I expect I video like... from the stands too, Burge. <laughs> I feel like most of the debate's gonna come in the in the chat afterwards. You know, Burge <laughs> <laughs> yeah. coming unhinged. Can't wait. Uh, so the AFC just the uh, AFC NFC Pro Bowl rosters just came out. Um, right off the top here, they have Lamar Jackson as a quarterback for the AFC. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding it's me? A, that is ridiculous. That's why I don't watch Holy it anymore. Crap. No. That's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, we don't watch any of it, but the fact that he got voted in with this crap season, oh my god, that's ridiculous. All right. Let's move on to the uh the final game. Sunday night football. We've got the Washington football team at six and eight taking on the Dallas Cowboys at ten and four. Puma, who you got win this game? Going down to Jerry World. So, I mean, Washington. We talked about an offline, you know, with Garrett Gilbert under center because Heineke and Kyle Allen tested positive for COVID and Kyle Shermer just wasn't in the facility long enough to really grasp the offense. Um, I think they, you know, losing by 10 when everyone had them just getting absolutely steamrolled out of Lincoln Financial Field uh, last night, I thought I thought it was a pretty admirable uh, performance considering some of the shots he was taking from that defensive front of uh of the Philadelphia Eagles but I mean yeah I have Dallas winning this game the point spreads 10 and a half like do I think Washington could keep it well within the number absolutely just considering you know whether people want to admit it or not like the Dallas Cowboys have been in a bit of a slump I think Jerry Jones was on Dallas radio last week saying that Dak was in a bit of a slump and whatnot. You know, Zeke with the bum knee. You have Tony Pollard. He had the, the torn plantar, uh, plantar fasciitis going on. And I, I'm trying to recall, was he on the COVID list last week or was it just the foot that was giving him an issue? I think it was. I'm not sure. I think it was just his leg. I think it's it was just, just, just his the leg. foot, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's like different pieces going on. I don't know. I. Yeah, I like Dallas winning this game. I expect you know Trayvon Diggs to probably get an interception or two if it's Heineke or Gilbert under center over there. But uh, I think Washington keeps it within the number. Uh, I'm I'm with you, Puma. I, I I think Dallas is going to win this game. I you know they're playing for the one seed at this point. Uh, you know battling Green Bay there to try to you know get the the all important buy for the playoffs. Uh, Garrett Gilbert showed me a lot. Last night, in the in the amount of the game that I actually watched, I mean, considering he was on the Patriots practice squad on Friday and he started for a completely different team on Tuesday, um, you know, I really was impressed with you know him gutting that out. Obviously, it wasn't enough. Uh, the Eagles won the game, but uh, that that point spread is uh, is too large for me, even with uh, even especially with the potential that Heineke or Kyle Allen could be back uh, for this game. So. Cowboys are going to win. I have the uh, the football team covering the 10 points. So uh, yeah. Parker is uh, going with the Cowboys to win. Yeah. You know why Gilbert kept that game close last night, right? Because, you know, Belichick coached him, right? Oh, here we go. For, for a little a little bit, right? Nah. Yeah. On nah, the that's squad, bait. That's right? bait. That's bait. Yeah. Nah, yeah. that's bait. Tom so, Hardy, that's bait. So much good coaching, you know? <laughs> All the coaching. <laughs> All the coaching. <laughs> 
Yeah, listen, I'm not even going to elaborate on this game. I mean, I'm sorry. The, the Washington football team season is over. Uh, Dallas Cowboys are going to win this. Uh, the spread is 11, is it 11 points right now? Is that accurate, Puma? 10 and a half. That's, 10 and a half. That is a big spread. Wow. Right? I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that team still has fight. They have a good defense in the Washington football team. Um, and, you know, they can make it a fight with a rival. And if, if, if Heineke does play, then I would take that 10 and a half, man. I'll take Washington on that. But, you know, Dallas has his own problems. They're, they're kind of herky-jerky on offense as well. And, you know, mm-hmm. quietly, people I haven't heard much of this nationally, but Dak Prescott's not been playing that well. I don't know if he still has some sort of lingering issue or some sort of injury. Maybe his lat, uh, lat is giving him issues again. But regardless, he's not the same player he was that went toe-to-toe with, uh, with Tom Brady week one or came into Gillette and put on an absolute masterpiece. So, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with those guys, but I think on Sunday night, it's still going to be enough to take the, the Washington football team. But... Before we move off of this, Puma, what's your general sentiment with Taylor Heineke? What have you seen from him this year that you like? Um, no, I mean seriously, let's get it, let's get an honest assessment of where Taylor Heineke is this so far this season. You know, has he lived up? You know, hasn't lived up to the expectations? And will he be the starter going forward next year? Maybe will he give him another year or not? I mean, Heineke, I don't think there was a whole lot of expectations because this was a darling team, you know, at least in my opinion, not just on the defensive side of the football, but like offensively when you have a Ryan Fitzpatrick that's just going to throw the ball all over the field, downfield 30 times a game. Uh, you know, that that wet dream ended uh, prematurely, uh, you know, 10 minutes into the first quarter of the opening season, uh, opening game of the season. But you know, for for everything that Heineke is, you know, the kid, I say it all the time, the kid's got moxie. To me, he's got a bit of an it factor. This team is rallying around him hard. You know, everybody on the defensive side of the football loves Taylor Heineke, Jonathan Allen, Chase Young, you name it. Everybody's got that kid's back. You know, the one complaint that I will have is when he misses throws, he misses high. And when he misses high, it's most of the time, coming down in the other team's hands for an interception like beyond that like you know we saw it a couple of times this season and jay you were ta- you would talk to us about it offline even you, you would say it yourself that he can put the ball in places pretty well it's just when he misses mm-hmm. you know and it's high it becomes an adventure and, and all bets are off but you know considering the attributes and you know the it factor kind of deal. I, I I think the fan base loves him. Do I think he's the quarterback of the future for Washington? No, probably not. I think they're going to go after somebody in the draft. Would I be surprised if maybe it's a Kenny Pickett? If they don't make a wild card spot, they pick tenth in the draft, or maybe a Matt Corral, something like that. Yeah, you know, maybe I could I could buy that. But I think maybe Heineke's time as a starting quarterback is going to start dwindling down, depending on what the draft position looks like. And you're yeah. punching air as it happens. No, not really. I mean, I, I love me some Heineke. You know, I, I got that Legend of Taylor Heineke shirt in, you know, as soon as it came out. But, you know, for, for, for what it is, you know, that, that ride's going to come to an end. You know, I'm not going to... It's going to suck, but I'm not going to be like, oh, how dare you, Ron Rivera, get rid of this kid. Like, you know, I appreciate the time, the times that he's provided for Washington. I'm already talking like it's, uh, you know, a eulogy at this point. Yeah, I know, right? I'm like, wait a minute, he's still playing. But but I mean, like, but I mean, Jay, like, honestly, do you think he's the quarterback of the future for Washington? No, but I was hoping that they would get three serviceable years out of him, right? I mean, at the end of the day... You know, when this whole Taylor Haneke saga started, we all didn't expect him to go become the next Tom Brady. We get that. 
but I did expect him to stick around and produce a little better for two to three years until Washington figured out what to do with their organization as a whole, you know, figure out who the next starting franchise quarterback is, just a good holdover guy. And at the moment, it just doesn't seem like it's working as effectively as everybody hoped it would have. Mm-hmm. And... And I think they should give him another year because what else are you going to do? I think so, too. Especially, what else are you going to do? Like, you're going to go out there. Even if you do draft a quarterback, whether it's Corral or Pickett, and if it's Corral, I think you need a lot of work in Corral. you got to develop that kid. I mean, he comes from a running gun, slinging offense. Kenny Pickett comes out of more of a traditional offense, still not, you know, eye formation, football in the NFL formation uh, offense, but it's still it's still translatable. Regardless, wherever you pick, I think you give Taylor Heineke another year, have that kid gr- get groomed up, maybe start him late in the year. Um, you know, a, lo- right. a lot of a, a lot of these teams, whether it's the Dallas Cowboys out there or the Washington, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Cleveland Browns or the Washington football team that potentially might need a quarterback, uh, I think they should be looking at San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo and what situation is in the offseason. Because Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, he'll miss four games, but like, you know, when he's in there, he's playing pretty good football. The last All he five, does is win. All the last five, six weeks have been some really good football out of Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, if I'm Cleveland and like, you know, Baker... Yeah, we'll see what happens with him. Why not give up a call to San Francisco and see what Jimmy Garoppolo is worth or even watching a football team, you know? Don't worry, though. Kyle Shanahan doesn't even know what he's doing because he keeps saying Jimmy Jesus guy. So why would you trade all those picks to draft Trey Lance? But that's that's a podcast for another day. I'm not the biggest Kyle Shanahan fan as it is, so I'm not going to derail the show anymore. I I wonder how bad Trey Lance looks in practice that they're like, holy crap. We might have to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo for the whole year, you know? Because we all expect it by now for him to start, right? All of the rookies are starting. And if you're drafted third overall, you should be starting at some point your first year. Now, are they even yeah, putting him in packages with... anymore? Mm-hmm. They're fighting for a playoff spot. That's That's got to be the only reason why. And they don't want to trust the rookie to, to, you know, screw it up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um... Okay, let's move on. Uh, the final, uh, We've got the uh, best bets with the Puma. So, Puma, take it away, sir. I'm just going to keep it brief. Uh, I'm going with my best bet of the week right now. It's uh, San Francisco, Thursday night football, on the road, going to the Nashville against the Tennessee Titans, laying three and a half points. Um, yeah, A.J. Brown uh, may make it back. He was activated off of uh, IR, or they opened up the practice window for him. Uh, so there's a potential he may be back this game. But Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold on the offensive line for Tennessee uh, is out. One's due to COVID and uh, Saffold. The other one's due to injury in Lewan with a back issue. Um, I, I just think this this offensive line has been under duress as it is. You take those two guys out, I think Eric Armstead and, and Nick Bosa, who's quietly having a career year uh, as a defensive end, especially coming off of that knee injury last year. Um, I, I think they're going to have this way against the uh, the Tennessee Titans. I think you know Tannehill is going to be under duress. Debo Samuel is a savage, even with the the pulled groin uh, that he that he came off of two weeks ago. Just I'm going to lay the wood with uh, San Francisco laying three points on the road. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, and then finally, uh, fantasy bulls with Burge. All you, sir. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you, man. I, I made the playoffs in five of my leagues, and I think I only made it past past this week in one of my leagues. I mean, the whole Brady-Godwin thing, mm-hmm. Fournette blew up in my face with their injuries and their absolute dud of a performance against the Saints. Can we just agree, like, 
this past week, not even just from a fantasy perspective, was just one of those weird weeks in the NFL where it was like, uh, you know, Brady getting shut out. It, it just it left a bad taste in my mouth. So I actually am in the championship in one of my leagues. Uh, you know, fingers crossed there. I think I got the inside track right now. But, uh, you know, COVID issues running rampant. I have Travis Kelsey on the COVID list. The other guy is Tyree Kill on the co- covid list so you know we'll see how it goes uh i don't really have much to add uh, on fantasy at this point uh I'm a, I'm a bit disgusted with how 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 this year has ended up at this point <laughs> i know yeah. you were in the same boat jay i know you're in the same boat as me i'm i'm, I'm starting to adapt that your uh, your mentality that i absolutely hate fantasy mm-hmm. football for these mm-hmm. reasons mm-hmm. yeah but so i'm a glut- i'm I'm a glutton for punishment. I'll do it again next year regardless. Yeah, so thanks mm-hmm. a lot, uh, Najee Harris. Uh, thank you so much, sir. Done. Uh, thanks a lot, uh, Pittman Jr. Thank you for tossing... Uh, Told you. Tossing him, tossing him out of the game. And then uh, thanks a lot, Reminder Stevenson. That, that was that was pleasant as well. Thank you very much. <laughs> Stevenson hurt me too, man. Stevenson okay. hurt me too. Yep. All right, so where do we go from this week, right? So I'm st- obviously I'm starting Brady still. Uh, am I starting Stevenson? I mean, he's no, in practice right? today. I'd probably go Harris at this stage, you know, to yeah. see how the rest of the week goes. Okay. And then uh, am I starting uh, Pittman or OBJ? I'm leaving OBJ, man. I, I am, seriously. Uh, I have no I faith in too. Carson Wentz. Yeah, I would too, just given, the, you know, what you expect out of that Colts passing attack. You know they're going to be so run heavy with Jonathan Taylor. It's like, I don't know. I It's a crapshoot at this point, and I really – I'm looking forward to my seasons being done so I can just decompress from fantasy because <laughs> I do so much yeah. I do so much of it over the course of the year and it's like I, I need a break. And then finally uh T Higgins versus Philly Brown. Who? Philly Brown, Hollywood Brown. I'm sorry, Hollywood Brown. I don't fucking call him Philly. Philly Brown was a wide receiver for the for the Buckeyes like 6 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Jamie's uh, a nap. Seriously, I mean, right? I'm just going to yeah. chime in go T. Higgins. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would do. I would do the same thing. I'd go T. Higgins. And then finally, <laughs> Stephon Diggs. Is he being locked down? Is Dolchek mm. taking him away? You can't bench a Stephon Diggs no matter what. He's he's such a such a stud in fantasy. You can't bench him regardless. He, he's not like a Michael Pittman in that sense. Like He's a, he's a stud number one receiver. you got to stick with him, especially with Beasley being out. All right, uh, I think I will stick with them. And then I'm going to pick up a defense, and uh, I think I'm going to roll with Philadelphia because they're playing the Giants, and that's going to be fun. Yep. Yeah, you're yep. going to get Jake Fromm or Mike Glennon. Glennon. How's your brother doing with the Giants, with Danny Dimes going to uh, IR? Oh, not good. Uh, not good. <laughs> not good. I feel like I feel like Jay when the inevitable happens when Dave Gelman gets fired. I, I think we need to get your brother on the pod and just let him riff for an hour we should. on that. We should. It'd be hilarious. It would be fucking hilarious. He he's a riot. He's like, be like yeah, what we, you got? This guy else. This yeah, we got to do that. We definitely got to do that. Yeah, we should. Yeah, it'd be fun times. Um, all right, fellas. Well, I have nothing else. If you want to plug it up, let's call it a day. I, I got good. nothing. I, yeah, I'm ready to lay down. Jay, I know you're ready to lay down. Let's get the hell out of Dodge. This episode of the pod, in previous episode of the podcast, can be found on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, 
on YouTube. Be sure to hit the little subscribe button on our page. You'll be notified once the captain of the ship, Jay Chima, uploads a new video or a YouTube short or whatnot. You can find us on TikTok, uh, on the Pro Football Radio Podcast. Uh, social media-wise, the uh, Twitter machine, uh, PFR Podcast. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima's at Jay Chima. The, you know, the uh, senior contributor, senior analyst of the show, Eric Burge, a.k.a. The Burge, is on the Twitter machine, at Burge, the goalie, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast. Again, TikTok, it's a new venture for us, Pro Football Radio or Pro Football Radio Podcast. Uh, like, subscribe, download, share amongst your friends, family, especially with uh, the holidays coming around. There's always going to be that one uncle that might be talking politics at the table. If you want to get away, put the headphones on, just drift away into an hour and a half of peace and quiet. Well, not quiet because Burge and I will be yelling about the bills and the pats and all that nonsense. And you're a bandwagon fan. And yeah, I'll be like, yeah, raise, your, raise the bar on the expectations. We'll go from there. But just kidding, I love you, Burge. But yeah, give us a listen, download, subscribe. And uh, this is going to be our last pod before Christmas. So I hope everybody listening has a happy, safe, Merry Christmas. Uh, enjoy the time with the family. Stay well. And uh, we'll see you guys on the other side. Yeah, Merry Christmas, guys. And uh, happy, uh, you know, happy Sunday. Go Patriots! Yeah. <laughs> All right, if you guys are watching the game against between the Bills and the Patriots and see somebody running out and tackling uh, Josh Allen, it's probably going to be Burge from the fans from the stands. It's going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, all right, fellas, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right, bye, Condios. Peace.